Ready for the football game today? <laughs> All right. So the title of my message today is Hearing from Heaven. Last week inspired me, and then when I, when I talked about that, and then um, it just made me want to go deeper with Hearing from Heaven. I even bought a book I can read more and more. I just want to grow in my hearing. And um, I'll tell you, last night I had a dream. It was a crazy dream. It was so many voices speaking in the dream. I couldn't understand anything. And, and, it, and it, was, it was heaven. And there was just, and the Lord told me, we're planning, we're strategizing right now in heaven. And I, and I, I, I didn't want to wake up because I just wanted to try and, and, and listen in. You know, it reminded me of Micaiah in the Old Testament in Kings where he, he had was caught up into heaven and he saw all of heaven strategizing with Jesus. Jesus was there and all the angels were around the throne and they were trying to strategize on how they could get rid of King Ahab. And, and then a spirit come forward and he said, I'll go forth as a lying spirit in the mouths of the prophets. And Jesus said, that's it, go! And so all the prophets lied except for Micaiah. And Micaiah told him the truth. He said, if you go into war, you're going to die. And Ahab, see, he never has anything good to say. And so they went to war and Ahab died. Truth of the prophet, man. But God, I just want to encourage you. He is strategizing for earth right now. For you. For the plans that he has for you. God is up there at work right now. Jesus, the throne of heaven, the people, the angels are around the throne. And they are at work right now. For our future. I, I could just... I, I could go back to sleep right now if you want. <laughs> See if I could hear anything clearly. But it was just like, wow! So today we're going to talk about hearing from heaven. And we're going to read out of John chapter 10. I have a number of passages we're going to read. So um, stand with me if you would. John chapter 10, verses 1 through 6. It's titled, The Good Shepherd and His Sheep. Verse 1, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. The new King James says, and follows him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come together in your word today, I pray right now that you silence the voice of the stranger. That, Lord, that he would not have any ground to speak to us today. But, Lord, only the good shepherd we would hear from. That you would speak clearly to us, Lord that we would have an ear to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, that, Lord, that you would encourage each one of us today, and, Father God, that we would hear better than ever as we're here together today in your presence. We thank you, Father God, for your presence. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. You may be seated, and we're going to watch about an eight-minute video right now. This video right here changed my whole view on the Bible. Watch to the end. I was in Alaska doing a lawsuit. We're way out in the Aleutian Islands. 
getting ready to leave and go back to Anchorage and then home. And I had a ticket in my pocket to get on an airplane. And a pastor came up and he said, listen, I can save you money. I said, how's that? He said, I flew a small airplane up here and I fly a small airplane and I can take you in my little airplane and you can save your ticket. And this did not sound, I said, gee, thank you so very, very much. But I've got this ticket. We'll just make our way on home, me and this other lawyer with me. He said, no, 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 you got to do it. you got to do it. And against every better judgment I had, I said, okay. Well, we went out to the airport, took us by his little plane, and I looked at it. And I thought, well, one good thing, it's shiny. Then he walked around it. We got in. He's on the left front. I'm on the right front. The other lawyer's sitting right behind me. And he started it up, and it started up just fine. Well, we taxied out. I said, should we pray? He said, yeah, that's a good idea. We normally don't. I said, well, this time we're going <laughs> to. And I'm telling you, I prayed five, eight minutes. I prayed a long time. We went and got on the runway. He starts down the runway. The plane lifted off ever so gently, and we start climbing. And it's wonderful. Not a problem in the world. We started climbing, and we flew probably three, four minutes. And something happened that will never leave my mind. The pilot turned to me and he said, we're going in the clouds and I can't fly in clouds. They make me pass out. I said, clouds make you do what? <laughs> now it's been cloudy all day. And we go right up into the clouds and you can't see anything. And he looks at me and his eyes roll back in his head. And he starts mumbling and he passes out, passed out cold. Now I grabbed him and I shook him and I said, come on, you gotta wake up so I can kill you. Now we're in the clouds flying along with no pilot. And my friend in the back seat said, we're dead, aren't we? I said, there's a very good chance of that, yes. He said, what are we gonna do? I said, I don't know. But there was a radio right there and I handed him the microphone and I said, start asking for help. So he's in the back seat reaching up and he said, hello, hello. We didn't know any proper radio etiquette. All we were saying was hello. And somebody answered back, hello, hello, don't you guys know proper radio etiquette? And I said, give it to me. I said, tell we don't know nothing. Tell them we're in an airplane with a passed out pilot and we don't know how to fly this plane. The guy said, I'm a freighter flying out of Anchorage on the way to Tokyo. And he said, you're telling me you have nobody who can fly that plane with you? I said, tell them that's correct. Now you gotta understand, I am sweating bullets. He said, the first thing I'm gonna do is start circling so I don't lose you because I'll fly out of range of your radio and you won't have me anymore. And he said, I'm gonna get Anchorage Emergency for you. And Anchorage Emergency will be the people that can maybe help you try to save your life. After about five minutes, Anchorage came on, said, we understand you have a passed out pilot. And those of you do not know how to fly that plane. We said, that's right. They said, well, the first thing we gotta do is find you. And I'll never forget what this man at Anchorage said. He said, my job is to get you home safe. He said, that's my job. But he said, here's the deal. If you want me to get you home safe, you gotta promise me you'll obey my voice. He said, you can't see me, but I can see you. And he said, if you're not gonna obey my voice, you're gonna die. When you can't see anything, you have no idea how disorientated you become. Finally, he said, okay, I found you. Now hear me clear. He said, you're four minutes from a mountain. He said, you're gonna crash in that mountain and die. Follow my voice. I never said, I have to follow your voice? Is that reasonable? 
You see, I understood without his voice, I had nothing. And do you understand? Without God's voice, you have nothing. Nothing. Finally, he got us turned. And he said, I'm freezing all the traffic in the area. He said, it's going to take me an hour and a half to get you to Anchorage. And there's a lot of weather between you and Anchorage. You're in for a rough ride. And he said, I want you to hear me. I don't want you to look at what's going on outside. I don't want you to pay attention to the storm, just my voice. He said, if you start watching the storm, you will die. But I'll take you through it. Now, because they cleared all the traffic, several pilots, those nighttime freighters, those 747s started talking to us. They said, we're praying for you, men. You're going to make it. But listen to the voice. That's the key. They said, trust the voice. You realize your head is full of voices. And everybody in this world wants to talk to you. And everybody wants to be the controlling voice. And God says, I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want you to put yourself on the altar and let my voice be your voice. Finally, we went through the worst of the weather, but there was still more. And then the voice came back and it said, now, I'm going to line you up. He said, I'm going to bring you in right down the runway. And at the foot of the runway are some lights and they're in the form of a cross. He said, don't you forget this. The cross is the way home. Finally, he's bringing us down. We still can't see anything. And all he kept saying is, stay with me. My sheep, the Bible says, hear my voice, and they follow me. Finally, just a couple hundred feet off the ground, we saw the cross. I landed the plane. In fact, I landed it seven times. Finally, it all came to a stop, and the minute we stopped, the pilot woke up. The voice said, thanks for listening. I watch them crash and burn all the time because they won't follow my voice. They don't understand I'm the one who can see them even when they can't see me. But they get the voices in their head and they kill themselves. They self-destruct. Thanks for listening to the voice. Then they put us in a motel room at about four in the morning to knock at my door. And I opened the door and a man was standing there. He said, hello, David. I said, you're the voice. You're the one who got me home. He said, I am. Do you understand one day you're going to stand before him and say, you were the voice. You're the voice that brought me home. If you're not on that altar as a living sacrifice, your head's full of voices. And then we wonder why kids crash and burn. We wonder why marriages are shattered. And the Lord's saying, I'm the one who has the voice. All I can remember is that voice saying, stay with me. Stay with me. Don't listen to what's going on in your head and don't watch the storm. Stay with me. And I'll take you through. Tonight you have a God who has promised to take you through a living sacrifice holy. The
is crashing in. We wonder why marriages are shattered. And the Lord said, I'm the one who has the voice. All I can remember is that voice saying, stay with me. Stay with me. Don't listen to what's going on in your head and don't watch the storm. Stay with me. I was praying about today and I got that video and I said, wow, that's where we're going. All through the Word of God, God is speaking to His people, amen? From the beginning in the Garden of Eden when the Lord would come down and walk with them in the cool of the day in the garden and minister to them and share with them. But hearing from God is so important for our walk with Him, amen? As we heard in that video, We need to, number one, we need to follow His voice. Amen? You know, as I was uh, doing my daily Bible reading this morning, it it was in um, Matthew chapter 14. And and it's when Jesus comes walking across the water, and they're like, it's a ghost! And they cried out in fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter said to him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. See, as soon as he took his eyes off of Jesus and he started looking at what was going on around him, He looked at the storm around him. He was afraid. And what do you think happened to him then? He sank. And we were watching Chosen the other night, and it just happened to be that one where where Peter got out of that boat. It's the last one of season three. He got out of that boat, and he goes to Jesus, and he's you know, and all the disciples are going, don't do it, don't do it. And, he, and he's like, you tell me to come, I'll come. And Jesus says, just don't look at the storm around you. And he gets out of that boat and he's walking towards Jesus and, and the waves are big and the wind is strong and he starts looking around like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? And then he, he just started slowly going down and then all of a sudden you see a hand go into the water and pull him up and out. We need to follow him, Amen. We need to follow what He's telling us because it will give us eternal life. Amen? It'll give us eternal life. But there's another voice out there that the Scripture calls, talks about in this passage. We just read the voice of the stranger. Don't follow the stranger's voice. Amen? Don't follow. Even in the video, He talked about those things that distract you, that can take you off course. Uh, for some reason, it wasn't in there, but He talked about the, when the pilot, when the... Um, Anchorage just first connected with him. He said, now I want you to pay real close attention. He says, I know you can't see, but I can see you. And in a few thousand feet, there's a mountain that you're going to crash into. So if you don't pay attention to what I'm telling you, you're going to die in the next few minutes. And the, the guy talked him around that mountain to keep going. I don't know why it wasn't in that version there that we just played, but 
It's just, we have to listen to the voice. Amen? Because there's things out there that want to take us off of course and get our lives into a dangerous place, into a place that we'll lose our lives. And, and you know, you, you may go through this whole life and live, and, but it's the eternity life that we're concerned about. Amen? It's about where are we going to spend eternity. So we have to learn, learn to discern. Everybody say discern. discern. Discern the voices coming at us. The man on the plane just had to get past his own thoughts and his own way of doing things. I mean, he didn't know how to fly anyway, so it's better to know nothing than, than a lot, huh? when, when you've got to take total instruction. And, and many people today think they know better than God. I'm telling you right now, otherwise they wouldn't do the things they're doing. And I want you to know this today. No one, look at your neighbor and say, no one. No one loves you like God. No one loves you like God. No one has given their life for you the way that Jesus did, that to die and to be resurrected from the dead. Amen? No one has given their life like that for you. And his intent is not for you just to survive, but to thrive. Amen? God wants you to, to thrive in this life. John 10.10, 10, a few verses later, says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So that voice of that stranger is the one that tries to steal, to kill, and destroy you. To take you off track so that you don't fulfill God's plan. The, the enemy, listen. The enemy of your soul is not trying to get you to worship him. The enemy of your soul is not trying to get you to bow down to him. He just does not want you to worship and bow down to God. If he can stop that, he's won. And that's the, that's the fight that we're in. So God has provided a way for each of us to have an abundant life in him. Amen? And he gave us a manual. Can you imagine the disciples didn't have this manual? They didn't have all this. They wrote this for us. This was given to us so that we don't lose our way, so that we could find our way, so that we could uh, find out what God is saying, and so that we could get where he wants us to be. Amen? Because that's what he, he wants. And you know, I had my notes again about the Peter, but don't get distracted by the storm of life. You know, we were out in the desert yesterday, and it started pouring rain. It's like, it wasn't supposed to pour. It was supposed to be a sprinkle, a light rain, a dusting, you know. Good thing we had a canopy up, you know, because it poured rain. And you know, But you know what? We didn't pay attention to the storm. We just kept doing what we were doing. And uh, stayed under the, the covering. And that's what we got to do with God. We got to stay under the covering. As I said last week, the, the name of the Lord is like an umbrella for us. It's our covering. And we got to stay under that covering so we don't get caught up in everything go, going on around us. And the, the song we sang today, the name of Jesus, so appropriate. Focus on Jesus and his voice. Amen. Put your focus on it. And, and, you know, there's ways that God speaks to us. And one of the ways God speaks to us is through His Word, through the Bible. And, and I know that many of you have joined with me in, in reading the Bible through this year. And it makes a difference in your life. It keeps you focused. It keeps you on track with Him. 
So, and, and as we follow it, not just read it, but do what it says, it's amazing how that divine favor just comes on our life and he takes us in the direction that he has for us and it's incredible what he'll do in our lives. And that abundant life begins to become apparent that we referred to in verse 10. It becomes apparent that what God is doing. And another way that God speaks to us is in a small, still voice. You know, he doesn't yell at you. It's usually really quiet. It's really like almost like your conscience. Like you're hearing it in your head. And it's just speaking to you. It's very quiet. You know, Elijah, when he was out in the wilderness, you know, there was an earthquake and he went out and he thought God was going to speak to him through the earthquake. No, that wasn't it. Then there was a storm and he went out and he thought God was going to speak to him through the storm. And then, then there came this small, still voice. And God was in that. And that's when God spoke to him. And as I said last Sunday, when you get up in the morning and you say, good morning, Lord. And then if you wait, he'll respond. But it's not going to be, hey, I'm so glad you're alive today, that you're awake and that you're up. Oh, hallelujah. You know, he comes like that. He comes back with, hey, good morning, Delanda. Good morning, Carol. That's how he, he's not, he's not like me probably, you know. But he's, it's learning for us to discern who's speaking. Is it you speaking? Is it God speaking? Is it the devil speaking? We have to learn to discern those voices. If it's good, chances are it's God. If it's bad, it's either you or the devil. I mean, because evil doesn't come into us. It comes out of us. It's already in us. We're born with a fallen nature. So our, our, our lives are spent putting down our fallen nature so that we can walk in a resurrected nature with God. Amen? So if it lines up with the Word of God, it's God speaking to you. Because God's not going to tell you to do something contrary to His Word. That's not God. And I, I don't know if I told you or not, but um, China is changing the Bible. They're changing the Bible. And, and one, one thing that I read that they're changing is when they brought the adulterous woman to Jesus and all the people were around and they had stones and, and what it says, you know, he says, he, you who is without sin cast the first stone. And everybody slowly dropped their stones and walked away. We're good to that point, right? But the Chinese are changing it to say, and then Jesus picked up the stones and killed, him, killed her himself. That's what they're changing it. See, that don't line up with the true word of God, amen? So you got to make sure. So if, it, if you're getting condemning thoughts, that's the devil. Because Jesus in John 3.17 says, I did not condemn, can come to condemn the world. Amen? He didn't come to condemn us. But if you're getting convicting thoughts, that's the Holy Spirit. That's God. Because the Holy Spirit comes to convict us of sin. Amen? Not condemn us, but to convict us. It's like, like when the, and I told you this a few weeks ago, when the rich young ruler 
came to Jesus and said, Hey, what do I got to do to be saved? And, and Jesus says, Well, you know, he starts listing off the law. And, and the guy goes, Oh, I keep all the commandments. See, but that's why Jesus had to come, because we don't keep all the commandments. And so Jesus didn't condemn him. Oh, nobody can keep the commandments. You're a liar. You're, you see, you're lying right now. You know, I remember one time I was preaching. We had the food ministry. We had a service out there every Friday for the food ministry. And I said, um, I was talking about lying. I said, is there anybody here that's never told a lie? And this guy raised his hand. And I looked at him and I said, really? And he goes, oops, I just told another one. <laughs> see, so... We, we, we don't keep the law, so that's why Jesus had to come, the perfect sacrifice. And so instead of condemning that young man, that rich young ruler, Jesus said, okay, let's take it a step further. He said, go and sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and come follow me. See, because what that young man was doing already is he was breaking the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before you. Because his money and his riches were his God. And so Jesus didn't condemn him for all that. He just said, hey, go and sell what you have and come and follow me. And the, and the guy went away sad because money was his God. See, there's a way that we can learn to talk that's not condemning people, but encouraging that, hey, there's another way. There's another way that seems right to the Lord. And not to us. And that's where when we, when we try to line up with ourselves with our own lives, our own ways of thinking, it, it's, it's not right. And then as I was going through this this week, Delonda threw, threw in one more. If it's selfish, it's probably you. <laughs> she didn't mean me, I don't think. <laughs> I'll tell you, how many of you are married here today? All right, look at all you married people. Praise God. Listen, you want to have a good marriage? How many of you want to have a good marriage? Stop being selfish. I'm telling you, that's it. It'll make everything better. But That's a little sidebar thing there for you. I'm going to charge you for that one. But it's in the quiet moments that he speaks. It's when we take that time. You know, but for me, it's not always just when it's quiet, but when I'm in his presence in the worship that I hear. It's like I can, when I'm worshiping, I can shut everything else. Did you see that one movie where, um, I think it was Kevin Costner was a pitcher? And he'd stand up there and he'd say, he'd say, clear the mechanism because all the people were cheering and yelling at him and everything. And then it's like, when he'd say that, clear the mechanism, all the people would disappear, everything would go silent, and all he could see was the catcher. That was it. Everything else was gone, and then he could pitch. See, sometimes we got to clear the mechanism. You know, we got to focus on Jesus and say, speak to me, Lord. You know, because when Samuel, Samuel was a little boy, and he lived with the pro, he lived with Eli, the priest. And Eli sleeping, and Samuel sleeping. And then Samuel heard somebody call his name, Samuel! And Samuel got up, and he ran into Eli. He said, here I am. And he said, boy, go back to bed. I did not call you. 
And so Eli, Samuel goes back to bed, and then he hears it again. Samuel! And he, get, he gets up and he goes to Eli. He goes, hello, here I am. And he's like, I did not call you. And he goes, I'll tell you what. Next time you hear it, just say, here I am, Lord. Speak to me. So the next time it came, Samuel! And Samuel responded, here I am, Lord. Speak to me. And the Lord just began to speak to him. And that's where God wants to take us to, that we, we give him that attention, that we give him that time. Remember, Don Maurice, when the Israelites were out in the wilderness and God would come down upon Mount Sinai because he wanted to meet with the people. The people voted, Moses, you go up the mountain, we'll stay here. You come back, you tell us what he said. Because they were afraid. Don't be afraid to hear what God says. Because Delana will ask me, she'll say, did you ask the Lord about that? I said, no. She goes, why not? And I don't say anything. She goes, you're afraid of what he'll say, don't, aren't you? <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> She'd be like, Pastor Ron, are you afraid to hear what God's going to tell you right now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you do that, huh? Yes. <laughs> because sometimes we don't ask because we don't want to what? We don't want to know. Ask. No. Listen. And God will tell you. But you know what? Sometimes it's not easy. God will tell you the truth. He'll tell you what you need to do. But then you've got to do it. Right? If you ask him, he'll tell you. And even, maybe not in a small, still voice, but if you just read your word, he'll tell you. And he'll speak to you. It's where you tune into that you're going to get it. When you tune in to listen and you're silent to everything else, God will speak to you. Amen? And all of this is meant for this. For us to follow him. To follow him. Amen? So that one day it ends up in eternal life with him. Amen? Because that's what we want. I hope that's why we're here. We want to go to heaven one day. Amen? We want to, you know, we don't want to. I, I, I hate doing funerals where they don't know Jesus. Oh, it's so sad. It's like, how can you be so hard hearted to, even in your last breath, not to give your life to Jesus? How could you just be set on going to hell? I, it just breaks my heart. It just makes me angry. You know, that, that we lose people to the devil. And then if you go down to John 10, verse 24 and 27, I'm going to read these to you. Then the, G, the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? You are the Christ. If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. 
But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Number two today, believe his voice. Believe it. Belief is not just going, oh yeah, hey, I believe that. No, the belief that he's talking about is that it takes action in your lives. That it takes over who you are. That you come under that belief to do what it says. You can't just say, I believe in Jesus and go do your own thing. I believe in Jesus, therefore I'm going to do what he says. That's what he's looking for. Amen? That's what he wants. So here's Jesus. He's at the temple and he's talking to Jews. And they're asking him if he's the Messiah. And he tells them already, I've already shown you, but they still didn't believe. They still didn't get it. Jesus' sheep believe that he is and what he says, and then they don't doubt. You know, when, when it, Jesus says jump, you don't say how high, you just start jumping. Yeah. Right? You just jump. <laughs> you know, you, know it, it's, you don't question it. Really, do you really want me to jump? No, you just jump. Life is not always going to go the way that we planned it. Amen? Andalanda. It's not always easy. Can I tell your story? Or do you want you want to tell it? You want to go ahead. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> we had a little kitty. We had him for 14 years. And the Lord told Delanda he's not gonna be with you much longer. You know, so you figure that the Lord's gonna take him. The Lord's gonna do it. But we noticed the little guy, little girl wasn't getting along real good, and she's throwing up a lot, and she just was having a tough time. You notice her breathing was labored and everything. and So we took her to the vet. And the vet says, well, she's got kidney failure and her lungs are full of fluid. and It's probably time. And Delonda held that little kitty but I gave her a shot. And then gave her another shot. And then the little kitty, little Oreo was gone. Doesn't always go the way that we think. But we still trust Jesus, amen? We still say, God, you have your way. We still go with him, even the next time, even when it's hard, amen? God has a way that seems right to him, and that's the way things will go, amen? And we've got to come in, in under that, even when it's hard. Glada called me, and oh my gosh, she was sobbing so hard, I couldn't take it. It's just, ah, it cut your heart out. And then she come home, and she sobbed some more. But in life, things are going to pop up that are going to try and create doubt in your life. The enemy will try, he'll do whatever he can to twist scripture so that doubt is created, so that we don't know what we believe, so that we get confused. Just ask Eve. She got confused. 
And she gave in to the confusion. If you're confused, don't do anything. Just, don't, just stop. Sit down. I don't, I'm not sure I'm confused. I'm just going to wait and wait on the Lord. Amen. Wait. Let him talk to you. Let him come to you. Let him speak to you. Believing is a big part of our salvation. Not believing in self and not believing in the devil, but believing in Jesus. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, it says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God is raising from the dead, you will be saved. Amen? You will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So with the heart one believes unto righteousness to the point when you believe unto righteousness, if you're coming under God's way, you're coming that umbrella of what God expects out of your life, because he does have expectations. Can I hear an amen? And he has a lot of commands. You, you know, the first thing that he tells us in... in um, John chapter 14 and John 15, he says, if you love me, obey me. He says it five times in those two chapters. You go through, you look it up. John 14 and 15, if you love me, obey me. Listen to what I'm telling you. So we have to believe under obedience, amen, that we become righteous because we're so obedient to God that we do whatever he says. But then you got to discern his voice to make sure it's him. Right? And sometimes there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. You need to talk to somebody to make sure. The key to believing is to trust. To trust the Lord with what He said and what He is saying. When you believe with your whole heart, you're not worried about what he's saying or asking you to do. <laughs> I remember Delanda one day, she came to me and she said, we have to get out of our lease and move. I'm like, where are we going? She goes, I don't know. I said, What do you mean, get out of our lease? She goes, the Lord wants us to give a 30-day notice and get out of here. I'm like, again, where are we going? She goes, I don't know, but go do it tomorrow. I'm like, it would have been nice, Dom Reese, if he told me. <laughs> I got up early the next morning. I came into the office. She calls me. She goes, did you do it? I said, do what? She goes, give notice. And I'm like, oh, you know, I went into early. The office wasn't open yet. You know, I'm sorry. She's like, okay, tomorrow. I said, oh, yeah, sure, you know. <laughs> I get up the next day. I came in early again. I'm like, there ain't no way. She calls me. She says, did you do it? Oh, you know, I came in early again. Okay, I'll do it. 
So I get home, she sticks a paper in my face, and I said, what's this? She goes, I need a check, and you got to sign this. So I did. I signed it, and she wrote the check. And she took it back. In 30 days, we moved out. Where are we going? We still haven't figured that out yet, and it's been five and a half years. So we're still wandering in the wilderness. I hope it doesn't take 40 years. But we're being obedient. That's all we want to do. We just want to be obedient. Is it hard? Are you kidding me? It is so hard. You know what makes it harder? When she says, I just want a house. I said, let's go get one. She's like, no, the Lord didn't say to do that. (laughs) So then this one lady, she comes to us and she goes, I I, I told the Lord I'd give you my house and and you could could live in it and I'll go live with my kids. And, And the Lord, you know what the Lord told her? Is my arm too short that I can't give him a house? She's like, I'm so sorry. You know, every time I think about Going and getting a house, I'm like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not, i gotta, I got to keep telling myself, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Do people think we're crazy? You might. But I'd rather be obedient than anything else. I'm telling you, I'd rather be crazy. You know. Well, I'll just tell you, I like guns. I like to shoot. And I went to buy another one. I didn't go to buy another one. I went to buy ammunition. But there was a sale. (laughs) And the guy, you know, they ask you questions. And the guy goes, have you ever been um, diagnosed as crazy? I thought, thought to myself, maybe, but not by a doctor. No, no, I'm not crazy. I, was, I had to confirm, I wasn't crazy. I'm crazy for Jesus, though. And I want to be obedient to him. Not everything makes sense to me, but I'd rather follow him and be wrong than to not follow him and be wrong. Amen? Because I want to just... Be obedient. I want to one day, I want to be there. And so Don and I have really been working in our lives to get rid of any obstacle that the Lord would speak to us about. You see, it just takes your whole heart. That you go all in with Him. That you're into the place that I'm going to listen to his voice because I'm not going to crash this plane. I'm going to listen to his voice because I'm not going to die today. You know, when we got right with Jesus, Delanda was at the point of divorcing me. We've been married six or seven years. And back then we had what they call young people phone books. And they were yellow pages and they were thick. And she had gone through the phone book and marked up how when I left for work one day, she could make some phone calls and 
that she'd be gone by the time I got home. We were in a desperate situation. But God. But God. He got a hold of us and we began to listen to him. And he changed our hearts. So now here we are almost 43 years later, still married. But God. So, listen to him. Hear from heaven. It it, it may seem hard at first. But remember, he's here to help us. And no one loves you like Jesus. Remember why he came. Jesus said in John 18, 37, Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king? A king then? And Jesus answered, You say rightly that I'm a king. For this cause I was born. For this cause I've come into the world, that I should bear witness of the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. The word of God is truth. All of it. All of it is truth. And everyone who is of the truth, the word of God, hears his voice. Amen? And as we surrender him to Jesus, his voice becomes more clear to us. When, the read, when you read the Bible, you'll encounter the law. The, revol- the law reveals to us what sin is. Now, Jesus didn't come, as I said earlier, to condemn us, but set us free from the law. He does this by forgiving our sins and making us righteous. He forgives us when we repent of our sins, and he makes us righteous and holy, amen? So that I I don't have to pay attention to the law because I'm not going to break it. I'm not going to have any other gods before me, amen? I'm not going to go commit adultery. I'm not going to be telling lies. I'm going to stay the course, amen? I'm going to hear from heaven, and God's going to keep me in line with him and his word, amen? Just remember, as we, we came through Christmas, Joseph, Mary's husband, he, they, he saved them by believing what he heard in a dream. And he followed it. Paul, he was sent on a mission to around the, all of Asia because the prophets heard from heaven, separate from me Saul and Barnabas, and send them out. And they did, they separated. And then Paul, when he was on a ship, when he was on his way to Rome, he told the guys, he said, hey, listen, it's not good for us if we do this. And they, the Roman guard said, he, the Roman guard listened to the, the captain of the ship instead of to Paul. And the ship wrecked. And they went down. Not everybody's going to want to listen to you, amen? And sometimes there's going to be shipwrecks, but we've got to keep going, amen? We don't want to be on that plane. It's about to crash into a mountain and not pay attention. Have you been listening to the voice of heaven? Have you been contending for your way of doing things or are you contending for God's way of doing things? It makes a difference for each one of us. God has a plan for all of us. The ultimate plan is that we spend eternity with him. Amen? Today, let's surrender 
to his heavenly voice and ask for his divine direction to lead us into that path of righteousness. I'm not saying it's always easy. I'm not saying it's not going to cost you something. But dying to ourselves sometimes is the way that we have to go. And once we break through, it's amazing as we step into that abundant life that we can have in Jesus. And you always have to know this. God is here to help. He's here to heal. He's here to forgive. That's the truth of what he came to reveal. Jesus loves us. This I know. And the old song says, For the Bible tells me so. He loves you. And though you may have some decisions, you're even rolling in your head right now about what you need to do, about to line up with the truth of who He is, to believe in Him with your whole heart, to follow Him in what He's saying. The changes that may have to come. I will say this, they're only hard when we hang on to them. Somebody told me before service, he said, I, I couldn't understand why it was so hard for me. He said, and then the pastor would tell me, you give up your crack, but you hold on to your pipe. You give up your cigarettes, but you keep a pack just in case. You give up drinking, but you keep a bottle just in case you need it one day. What is it you got to give up? What is it you got to let go of? What's his voice telling you right now? Your Heavenly Father, here we are before you, your people. I pray that we can hear today, God. I pray that you take down all the blocks. The blocks against our hearing from heaven. That we would have the ear to hear what you're saying. That we won't be like those Jewish religious leaders and stuff or that just couldn't believe, even though he told them and told them and told them who he was. They just couldn't believe it. They couldn't receive it. They couldn't get in line with it. Help each one of us today, God, to line up with you. Your way of doing things and your way of being right. That your kingdom would come to each one of us right now. As we open our heart to you, Lord. Speak to us.
praise you, Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Ron, I haven't been good at following Jesus. And I want to line up today. I want to follow him with my life. If that's you, raise your hand and wave at me because I'm going to pray for you. Amen. 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 Praise God. Many hands. Father, you see all these hands here today. I pray for them, God, that as they make that commitment today to follow after you, Lord. Lord, that you'd give them strength today, God. That, Lord, truly their heart would be for you. That they'd become a follower, a believer of the truth, God. And that, Lord, that you give them the strength, Father God, to make the right decisions in their life, God. That righteousness would be poured out on them, Father. That they'd have an ear to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. And that you'd divinely direct each one of them. Father God, that they get into that place where you want them to be. Lord, they believe with all their heart, all their soul, all their mind. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Ron, God is speaking to me and I know there's some things I need to change in my life. Just wave at me so I can pray for you right now. You know there's some things. Amen, amen, amen. I don't know how every hand's not raised because I'm thinking about things I'm going to change in my life right now. Amen. <laughs> If he's speaking to you, just, just, it doesn't matter who you are. <laughs> if he's speaking to you, let's just go with it. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus. Fill us today, Lord. Fill each one of us today, God. That our heart, Lord, would be for you. That, Lord, the decisions that we have to make, the hard choices in life, God, just to line up with you, God. Lord, I pray that you, you make it so they're not so hard, Lord, that they're a relief, they're a relief, they're a relief. Somebody came to me the other day, they said, Pastor, I, I hear that you cast out demons, could you pray for me? And I prayed for him, and he said, I got some things I got to confess to you, things that I've done in my past, I just need... I've never told anybody, but i got to tell you because i got to get it off. i got to get it out of my life. I don't want it anymore. I don't want to carry it anymore. Just tell the Lord right now. Just tell the Lord. You don't got to tell me. Tell Jesus. Tell Jesus those things. Give them to him right now. Let's make this year a great year that we grow so close to Jesus. That as he has his arms open wide, that we run into him. It's like we come to him as our papa. And we let his love just fill us. Lord, I pray for every one of us as we go our way today that you cover, keep, and protect us. And Lord, I pray for even those that aren't here today. I pray for Elizabeth, Lord, that you heal her bones, God. I pray for, for Monica, Lord, that you heal her of that sickness, Lord. I pray, Lord, for those that are just struggling in their health to be healed in the name of Jesus. Let healing just flow, Lord. Even those watching online, those that are in this house, just manifest yourself as our healer. Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for what you're doing in each of our lives. Help us to walk under the umbrella of your name today. 
and be with each one of us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand.